Science will tell you that when we wear certain clothes, that our brain lets off certain chemicals and we react in certain ways. And that when we wear outfits that feel great, we do perform better. We are more focused. We do have more confidence. We can creative problem solve in a way that we can't usually, right? Studies have been done on this. It's got a name. It's called enclosed cognition. Know that for a fact. But what I also know as a person is that there's a lot of mental gymnastics that go into that. And it's not always as easy as just putting on the outfit and thinking that everything's going to change. You got to uninstall the beliefs that are standing in your way of getting what you want. So if you want to be confident and you have the underlying belief that you are ugly and no one loves you, that has got to be addressed. What's up, Style Nation? Welcome back to the Style for Life podcast. It's your girl, Katie. Thank you for being here. You are amazing. Super, super excited, as always, for today's episode. I think it's a super juicy one with someone that I highly respect and admire, and I'm so excited to bring them on the podcast uh, for you today so that if you don't already know her, that you can get to know her. And um, there's some super exciting stuff coming up this summer. So if you don't already have big, amazing, transformational plans this summer, I got something for you and an opportunity that we could hang out in real life. Um, So... Today's episode is with Dr. Alex of Zesty Ginger. So if you don't know Zesty Ginger, it's um, best friends who started a business, Megan and Dr. Alex. They started their business helping women really navigate female health, right? They both have dealt with so many different health issues, and they knew that there was another better way to help women navigate the health space. And then over the years, I have been following them, I think, since 2019, honestly, like when I first launched my podcast, maybe even before I launched my podcast, um, I worked with them when I was transitioning off of birth control and getting my body back into gear. And as I've moved into my 40s, which feels like yesterday, but here we are at 42 and they're amazing. Now they've really, really leaned into helping women do a full transformation, like full mind, body, spirit, soul, all of the things. And I've always love them. So recently they've become clients of mine and that was just an amazing opportunity. And uh, Megan actually lives not too far from me. So if you've been following for a while, you know that I recently got to style them for one of their, for their big photo shoot and their in-person event that they did in Virginia Beach. So now the in-person events are back They held this amazing two-day compassionate habit transformation event, and it was fucking mind-blowing. When I say mind-blowing, like, I can't even tell you how much it opened up, how much clarity it created in my business, how many amazing people I got to meet at this event. And like I said, it was amazing and transformational for me in many different ways, because not only did I get to style them for this event and see my work come to life, I also was being transformed with the things that I was learning. Um, And 
I say that out loud to just really receive that because it was a really a surreal moment for me to support someone that I've looked up to that had coached and mentored me for such a long time. So I had recently reached out to them and I said, would love to have you guys on my podcast to talk about the things that we learned because what I learned there around the four body framework about our mental body, our emotional body, our physical body, our energetic body, all applies to style. And it applies to the conversations that I have with my clients every day around their bodies and feeling good in their bodies. And I was like, I would love to have you guys come on the podcast and talk about that is there's two parts to this. I know for a fact, science will tell you that when we wear certain clothes, that our brain lets off certain chemicals and we react in certain ways. And that when we wear outfits that feel great, we do perform better. We are more focused. We do have more confidence. We can creative problem solve in a way that we can't usually, right? Studies have been done on this. It's got a name. It's called enclosed cognition. Know that for a fact, right? But what I also know as a person is that two things can exist at the same time that are opposite of each other. And while I know this to be a fact and I help women daily put on clothes that make them feel amazing, that help them show up in their businesses and be confident and be leaders in society, I also know there's a lot of mental gymnastics that go into that. And it's not always as easy as just putting on the outfit and thinking that everything's going to change. Does it help? Sure, it helps. But I also have to put on the outfit. I also have to hydrate. I also have to be comfortable enough to wear this outfit in public. I also have to be comfortable enough to be seen for who I really am. And I know things get a little tricky. And I'm going to give you just a really good example. And then I'm going to pass you off to this amazing episode and just kind of just let you in on the juicy goodness. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, or if you're attracted to this podcast, I know that you're an amazing deep thinker and you're on a journey to just unraveling the bullshit. Like, let's keep it real. Unraveling the bullshit and really trying to dive deep into the identity of what's the real you and what are the things you've picked up along the way and how do we fully, fully express ourselves, right? But that's easy shit to hide from other people. No one has to know that you're doing mindset work. No one has to know that you have these passions that you do these things. But if you and I were working together and I was like, oh my God, you've had all these breakthroughs and you should start wearing these bright colors or, you know, whatever, these deep jewel tone colors to really express those values and how you feel about yourself and, you know, how these things make you feel and how you want your clients to feel and how you want to feel in your photo shoot, blah, blah, blah. That's a little different because people can see you and people can know those things about you before you even open your mouth, right? So like I said, I'm at this habit transformation event with them and they're saying so many things. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, my clients need to know this. I need to tell you on the podcast. And I was like, please come on the podcast. And they said, yes. And they said, actually, we're taking the habit transformation well, not really on the road, but they're going to do another one in Dallas where Dr. Alex lives. And of course, we'd love to have you. And like, what if you share on the podcast? And I was like, hands down, count me in, done. So you will hear us talk about the event throughout the podcast because I was so moved by the event. And obviously, it was the most time I've got to spend with them. And I just learned so many things. So I really wanted Alex to break it down some of those things I was saying today of like, how do we get to the point where we are super, super confident in our clothes? And 
we are the person who dresses for ourselves. We are the person who allows ourselves to wear the nice clothes. Because the other thing that I've noticed that we do a lot, and tell me if this is you, you have amazing clothes in your closet. You just don't let yourself wear them. And you tell yourself tons of stories around that, that you don't really know how to wear it. You're not going anywhere. Nobody's seeing you and all these things. And the truth is all of those are lies. You probably do know how to wear it. Could you use some hot tips, simple tweaks? Sure, we all could, right? And things that were just not like come supernaturally to us, but you are allowed to wear it. And somebody is seeing you and that person that's seeing you every day is yourself. So Dr. Alex and I really dig into that. Like I said, we talk about the event a lot. Towards the end of the episode, she will tell you more about the event that's coming up in Dallas. It's in August. I am going to put all the information in the show notes because I'm going to be at the event So I'm dropping this now so that we can plan it. If any of you guys want to join me and meet me there, it would be amazing. But regardless, event or not, you have to tap into this episode because this is all about creating habits that actually stick. This is about really becoming the person that you truly, truly, truly want to be. And it's going to rock your world. One thing, I'm just going to give you a sneak peek into this, is one thing that Alex said when we started this whole conversation with, she said, taking action, like actually putting on the clothes, is actually step six out of seven of building a good habit. So immediately, mind blown, I said, okay, well, what is step one through five? (laughs) Because that's the juice that we all need. Because, and she says this, whether it's putting on clothes, whether it's, you know, giving up coffee, maybe it's giving up alcohol, maybe it's working out regularly, maybe it's doing, setting a boundary, maybe it's actually taking time off to relax. I know I talk to a lot of my business friends about this, and we say all the time about how we're really shitty with our boundaries when it comes to our business. And if you're like me, and you work from home, those boundaries are so goddamn blurry. Like you have to be really clear on that. And that's the true essence of confidence. And we actually get into that is not breaking those promises to yourself. So this episode has all the pieces. It's going to meet you where you're at. So if you're just looking for really juicy frames, reframes on creating your habits, you got it. If you're looking for in-person community events because you are sick and tired of Zoom and you're looking to build your community, you got it. There's an amazing, amazing event on the end of this. So check it out. And I will see you on the flip side. Alex, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I can't wait to chat it up with you today. Hi, Katie. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. I love your energy. So thank you so much for the insight invite. And I am so happy to be here. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about compassionate transformation and you and all the amazing things that you guys are doing. I wanted to just share a little backstory real quick. Well, I've been following you guys, you and Megan, for, like, God, years now, I feel like, since, like, 2019. But we got to hang out in real life. (laughs) And anytime you get to do something in real life, it's so much juicier. Um, So I really wanted to have you on the show today to talk about your in-person events that you guys are doing because it was life-changing for me. 
to be there and just the things that you guys are teaching about habits and identities and like how to really craft the life that you really, really desire. Like, and it applies to everybody no matter what they're doing. And the whole time we were there, there were so many freaking ahas that I was like, oh my God, my clients, my clients, my clients. I mean, me too, but also like my clients, I'm like, this applies to so many things. Cause a lot of times when people hire me, they think like, oh yeah, I'm going to get all these cool clothes. And it's never about the clothes is what we all end up realizing. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. my true passion around style and fashion. And I think that's really the mission is to teach women. It's not about the clothes. It's about their energy. So I'd love to have this conversation with you today. Yes, I love it. This is so important. It's so interesting that you know, podcast after podcast and interview after interview, we hear a similar thing, Megan and I, um, where people say whatever their topic is, and they say something to the effect of it's not just about that. Right. And that is so true, because often people are jumping into what actions they want to take. and they are jumping in with a lot of expectations. Like I'm going to put on these clothes, I'm going to wear these clothes. And then it's presupposed that the little asterisk that finishes the sentence is like, I'm going to wear these clothes confidently and enjoy myself doing it. (laughs) It's implied. And that's the great sticking point is that it's often not like that. You know, I, when I go to the gym, then I will lose weight. Then I will feel good about myself. Then I can be who I want to be. And that's the whole rub though, is can you, is that all true? Does that track out or do you keep falling off the bandwagon? And, you know, just from the get go, what we can say is when it comes to transforming the process of transformation, a change of any kind habits and the things that you are actually focusing on is step six out of seven. So if you really think about it, it is at the very end, the you putting on the clothes and filling in the blank of how you're going to feel and how that's different from how you feel now still is the very, the end of the process. And so there's a lot of success setting up steps that people are missing in this process that effectively translates a desire like I want to change over my closet so that the outside of me accurately reflects the inside of me well setting all that up starts well before habitually putting on clothes that you like that are new and taking yourself out in your environment in them so it's it's a really great thing to point out just from the get-go is that when we look surface level at our lives we also we always miss the juiciest aspects of that because the things on the surface are never just it how we feel and that is to say how joyful our life is how easy and effortless and flowy we can have our life experience be for ourselves and that includes effectively navigating obstacles and turning them into effective lessons or useful resource opportunities or something that actually serves us in some capacity instead of being the reason that we're bitter, angry, resentful, and 
pile up the excuses of why we are not living the life that we actually want and why we don't feel the way about ourselves that we actually want to feel. So that's really what we're going to talk about today. But clothes are also a really fun expression of that. So I love the mashup here. I think we're we're getting into the juice, so to speak. Ah, I love it. And I love that you said surface level because that's one of my own uh, things to work through. I know this, but like I went to college for fashion and I, and I felt like my other class, of course I had to take like math and accounting and all those fun classes too. Mm -hmm. Those teachers, I felt like always treated us different. And I built up this whole story around fashion being surface level. And that like, if you cared about Mm -hmm. your appearance and if you cared about this, like you couldn't be deep. And I was, and I've always literally until like two days ago, (laughs) struggled with this. I was like, yeah. no, I am deeper than the ocean and I give a shit about what I look like. Totally. Well, it, isn't that funny? Cause in every topic, it's so true. It's like, I talk to a lot of healthcare providers, which you may be like, oh, well, health is important or so your, your professors, right? They're looking. But the flip side of that is that people are sitting there going, gosh, well, I keep getting questions about, well, should I eat sugar or what form of corn's best for me or what brand of chlorophyll do I need to buy? And they're sitting there going, yes, health is important. And there's still something deeper to existence than just being healthy, like the mechanics of it, like, yes, you go to the gym and yes, you, uh, your labs look good. And yes, you like the food that you eat, like it's healthy and it meets the check marks. There is just more than that. And what more looks like is like, do we love our life? Is our life aligned with who we are? That feels good. Do we like the struggles even that we are choosing to engage with or these needless ones that don't serve anything, right? That there's a difference between putting yourself outside of your comfort zone for a good reason and just slogging through crap just for the heck of it. Right. And so the, what's cool about this is that every single topic that you could possibly talk about, even within there, it has aspects of surface level like you could talk about like color theory and just still close down to like, yes, is it a garment and does it look great? Like I have a long torso. Does this officially look good on long torsos? Right. And you could make fashion super boring and super service level, or it could be like, does my look express my heart? Mm-hmm. Does my appearance speak for me as part of my vision, as part of my story, as part of who I am? Do, am I expressing myself in a way that says, I enjoy this and I chose this consciously and I choose to fight for the experience of feeling good day in and day out, not for somebody else, but because I deserve it? Yes. And so, yeah, it's like, yes, of course, we can take every single topic. And and that means that we can really help each other out. Because if I can sit here and go, clothes are so key. And you're like, yeah, true. I can own that. And then you can go like, yes, Alex, what you're doing in medicine is deeper than just what do their labs look like? And then I say, yeah, you know, me too. I can, I can find liberation in that. Well, now we're really grooving. And that's um, in part why Megan and I believe so much in community is that in a vacuum, there's not enough mirrors for you to see inside yourself. 
But when we interface with others in this way and are willing to be authentic and vulnerable and honest about these things that we think, well, then we can actually come together and find more authenticity, right? Often people are like, I don't want to share that thing about the surface. What if they agree with me and then judge me on it, right? Whereas now here we can in real time role model, you share something and we are more connected over the concept that you and I have both had that thought. We had the shared human experience of questioning what we do. And now we come together on it and share it publicly for other people to benefit too. Right. So it's like, it's cool. It can, they can flip the script for so many things that we wonder about ourselves. Am I good enough? Am I worth worthy? Am I worthwhile? All of these things turns out if you're willing to look for resources, all of these things can have answers. Yes. So, well, that's amazing. I'm like, I don't even know where to go. My brain is firing in so many different directions, (laughs) but I want to go back to what you said of like, well, taking action is step six or seven. And I feel like that's what I experienced in that event with you guys in Virginia Beach. It is everything that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the things that come before step six and seven, like what are those? How do we get those with step one? <laughs> right. Yeah, let's everything. Yeah, totally. So the problem really is that people are trying to jump in at the end. It, changing the habits, executing the habits of the identity of Mm -hmm. who you are is step number six. Step number seven is integrating that new you into your old life as in upgrading everything that needs to reflect the changes that you've made internally. So yeah, a lot of times what people are messing around with is that, and they're hoping that starting at the end will fill back the first ones. And so if I get myself to put on the clothes, then my identity will match that by proxy of the clothes themselves. So we're kind of putting the responsibility on change on the thing or the activity, going to the gym, posting every day for your business, doing podcasts, answering emails on time, all the shit that we kind of expect ourselves to do, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, how do we backtrack that? So from the very beginning, step number one is accessing a more resourceful state. Right. Even when people try to back up and have a greater perspective on their habit, for example, people will be like, you're not losing weight. Maybe you don't have a good enough why. Mm. Well, and then they say, tell me why you want to lose weight. So then people try to create the big why and access that. And here's the trick. That is actually tricky because when we are in a powerless, unresourceful state, our vision is clouded by the thoughts and the emotions that reside down there. Mm-hmm. We are not able to necessarily see possibilities. If you're thinking things like, who am I to even have those things? Well, how much is your brain really looking for things out in the environment? Mm -hmm. 
that are going to get you results, that are going to have success associated with them, you're going to tune that out. Now, that is a function of the brain because the brain cannot perceive everything consciously. It picks it up subconsciously and only alerts you to the relevant stuff. So when you're, you are in a down un, and unresourceful state, it's going to look for things in the environment that match that state because that is what you are in the neighborhood for, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is why it is so hard out of depression, or l- let's use that as an extreme example, out of depression, could you come up to a depressed person in bed, shake them awake and go, give me the highest vision for your life and expect them to do that? No, right? And at the same time, because it's more mild and the expression is over time within ourselves, we kind of expect to do it all the time. So we speak negatively about how we look in the mirror and how our body is and then expect ourselves to put on the clothes and all of a sudden that transforms and we can see all these resources and we can see these new ways of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't often happen. It can, but, but the thing is where you're working uphill. And so most people cannot make the jump and uh, really there's to us, it's so normal. And that's how that works, that there really shouldn't be any guilt and shame associated with it. If that's just what it's like for humans and you're one of them, well, then <laughs> you're, you're in business. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so From that, that's why step number one is accessing the powerful states that we have in the body. So in with that, you can access physiologically powerful states by doing things, interfacing with the body. There's there's lots of ways to do this. One of the things that we love is starting with parasympathetic exercises. So many people are living in fight or flight. That is why their bodies are often struggling to either release that belly fat from the cortisol, from the um, high high stress output from the brain or uh, cellulite from hormonal imbalance. You know, there's like physiologically, there's things that happen. So the body being in fight or flight, it's very difficult to regulate a lot of those bodily functions and we have to remember that they are not necessary not having cellulite and having abs is not necessary for survival so if you're in fight or flight all of those nice uh thriving activities that you want to do like having great libido and growing nice hair and having great skin and having uh good energy throughout the day. You don't need the ovulating, having babies. You don't need that for survival. And in fact, some of that puts you a little bit at risk, like the baby thing, right? And so all of that goes out the window when we're in fight or flight. That is why step number one, you can hear how much utility it is in prepping your physical body for further success to begin with. Because when you're there in that whole soup of it, it can be very difficult to even see what's what plus then your body's not working with you as well and that can be incredibly frustrating and emotionally very painful mm-hmm. so getting into your powers one parasympathetic exercises vagal nerve exercises uh parasympathetic stimulation breathing exercises eye patterns 
anything, anything and everything in the parasympathetic space is something that we do. I love chest thumping myself. It's tapping gently on the center of your sternum uh, because it is activating the vagus nerve and is kind of like a built-in chill-out button that we have. Mm. So that is number one. Yep, exactly. Um, the second one is then from that more empowered state, then we are starting to choose the vision that we're holding. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. So what, where is it that we're going? Most people are focusing on what they don't want. So the instructions they give their brain is do not feel bad about your body, right? The problem with that is that the brain cannot understand negatives. If I tell you not to think of a purple elephant, you first have to think of a purple elephant and then reject the idea. It doesn't, your brain can't pull something up and not pull something up at once. It just has to do it in sequence. And so when we say not headaches, not cellulite, not hating my body, not whatever, it doesn't understand what that means. So for the vision, once we are able to access those more positive emotional states and thoughts for the vision, we also need to be conscientious that we word it in the thing that we do want. When I was overcoming chronic pain all over my body, I said, I am programming my mind to be comfortable within my body, to be comfortable wherever I am, right? That was the opposite of, of that. One quickie method that I like is if you had what you wanted and you zoomed out five years later. So you would have to have celebrated and started to take for granted for five years. This is really an exercise in emotional neutrality. But from that viewpoint, what would that person do? Mm. What would that person's vision be? So so a lot of times we can we can shortcut a lot of our concerns about how we would word it because we're like, well, I want healthy periods because I want the baby. Well, just either a healthy body or a healthy baby is is the wording, right? So so focusing on what you do want, not on what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Number three is back to the body. A lot of times there are the ways that we think and we feel are not free. Every time we have a thought, you look in the mirror, I look like crap today. You just fired off brain chemistry at the physiologic level. Like in your actual brain, you could measure that neurons fired, they release stuff. And that is why you were conscious that you had that thought. And then when you feel bad about yourself, that feeling is generated by the same thing. It's chemical messengers talking to each other. So no matter whether we're talking about the mental body, emotional body, energetic body, it still all interfaces with the physical meat suit that we all walk around in, right? So that portion, step number three is taking care of brain chemistry. So that's not only being conscientious of what's happening between your two years, but also reversing that and saying, how do I need to, what do I need to do? How do I support my brain so that it can respond 
as fully as it can. And that can range from everything from testing and like labs and support supplements like we do in our um, health transformation accelerator program, or it can be a overall support from the root cause foundational systems which we also do as an option in our group program. So that is step number three. Then you get to the really fun stuff. From that place, you really get to set yourself up for success. For first step number four, you got to uninstall the beliefs that are standing in your way of getting what you want. So if you want to be confident and you have the underlying belief that you are ugly and no one loves you, that has got to be addressed first. That is kind of like trying to park your car in the garage where there's already a crappy car parked. (laughs) You're going to have to swap it out. So you pull out the car that you don't want, you pull out the belief, and then you install the thing that you want more. And, And ways of thinking, habits of thinking come before habits of acting. So now we're at step five. Step number five is installing the beliefs that get you to be the identity that you set in step two, right? Mm-hmm. I am, this is the vision of who I am. And here are the filters of me seeing the world. That's what a belief is. It's just a, a thought you keep thinking until it's habitual. That becomes the lens that you see the world through. And now that creates opportunity for step six. What am I actually going to do? Because here's the rub. We act like who we are. Mm -hmm. Our habits automatically get translated from the main identity of who we are. So smokers wake up and smoke. Non-smokers don't have to reject cigarettes in the morning. They just don't smoke, right? Mm -hmm. Runners go for runs without like you walk into their house there's evidence they have running shoes they have workout clothes they probably have sports bars. like there are things in their environment that match who they are so at the heart of it it kind of gets to self-sabotage ends up being a little bit of a misnomer you don't self-sabotage your habits you simply act out of your old identity instead of the one that you want mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like I tell people all the time. All right. You say you want to do these things, like like for what comes up for my clients, like a fashion. You tell me you want to dress for date nights, but you don't have any date night clothes. You're never going to go on date nights or you anything that you deem, you know, like a date night clothes. You're mm-hmm. not going to book the live event or go to the live event because you don't have anything to wear. But that's so juicy. All the steps that lead up to that, though. Exactly. Yep. And then once you take you you there and you are, you, your habits then match your identity and you are in your power to implement and choose how and when you do that. Um, Because then habits, this is how we create sustainable long-term habits that you never fall off the bandwagon until you choose. But what also happens is that you end up hitting a really busy week and you can intentionally say this habit, this habit, this habit, this week is going to go. This is bare minimum week. I ain't doing any of this. And then the next week you bring it back and you have no problem implementing that. You don't sit around wondering, oh no, am I going to fall back into my old habits? Oh no, what if I can't sustain it? You don't because you've proven to yourself in applying the framework of transformation that 
at each step, you have your own back and you're willing to see yourself through to results. There, there's a fundamental change in from powerlessness. Gosh, I hope I stick to these habits. I hope I don't go back to being who I was and actually having a plan and a framework to be like, no, I am moving myself in this direction. When I get stuck, I can identify which step I'm getting stuck on, resource up and keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. I love when you say resource. And so it's really true. Yeah, because a lot of, there humans can handle anything you think about like the holocaust you think about um slavery you think about so many events in the world that are like shocking and insane and we regret them ever happening and 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 actively move away from them ever happening again and at the same time those people at the time adapted to those and overcame and so humanity is not weak we're not powerless we are not at the mercy of life lifing at us it is more about saying who am i and under a deeper understanding of who we are and then saying what do i need to move myself in the direction i want to go and the, our definition of that category of everything that falls underneath there is resources because if you can keep yourself moving and don't quit you can you will get through the other side on everything because the other fortunate setup of this place is that there's time. Mm-hmm. And as time passes, things just automatically change, right? Nothing stays the same forever. Um, no, it doesn't. I mean, it's really the only thing you can. Even good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that you can count on is change, good or bad. Exactly. So if that's the if that's the case, And, you know, in business, Megan and I, we've been in business a decade and we do have, it started out as a joke, but it became a very real thing is that whenever we're in doubt, we're always like, why don't we just not quit? Yeah. Because our success is inevitable. It's just a matter of when. So if you don't quit, the grand joke is that by the time you get there and enough time passes, you do enough stuff, the success just comes eventually, right? So it's not that we're we're not faster, smarter, stronger, or start off more wealthy as, as people. As you know, I grew up, you know, getting warmed by a goat instead of electricity. But the, so it's not what you have, it's just the choices that you make. But here's the thing, the choices, people want to make empowered choices, but they are starting at choices for habits and even habits of thought is still six, step number six. So that is why, why our point is resource up and that helps you pass through any obstacles as time passes. And then and then your success is a matter of sticking with it. Yeah. Which anybody can do. That's the thing. You don't have to be special. Oh, that's a good point. It's like anyone can access this. Like you just said, no matter what, mm-hmm. whether you have money, you don't have money, like whatever, whatever the situation is. Well, the habit of the actually is did- so powerful. Go ahead. Right. We actually did that. We, we function the way we do for a reason. So Megan and I, uh, invest in ourselves quarterly. That is just a philosophy that we have in our business. And that's what we've done for years. And, uh, what we felt 
we we've learned a lot from people, but what we have felt like what we are here to contribute is bringing it all together for for people because I think that's where in a lot of programs and places to get resources it is implied that what is there can be used to get all of the way, which is true because you can start with any resources and, and parlay that into the rest of them. But in our opinion, it is easier when you just acknowledge that there are complexities and create frameworks for all of who someone is, Mm -hmm. because, um, kind of what, what, you're getting at is there can be a lot of self-judgment of not getting yourself someplace and how having just a portion of the picture will will make sense for some of life but then you hit a season of life where you're like oh my gosh this makes no sense I am so confused and lost and I don't know what to do right Mm -hmm. well that's kind of the the problem with looking through a keyhole at just one part of the puzzle and then denying that the rest of the puzzle exists Mm -hmm. right yeah. yeah. So, so we want to be kind of, we always want to use any resources at our disposal, but we also just want to keep in mind as we expose ourselves to new ideas and all of these things that are we still keeping in mind a greater perspective where we can see mo- as much of ourselves as we possibly can at any given time, understanding that we do fluctuate. But from that perspective, we can keep ourselves safe from not putting ourselves in environments that then paint pictures that create uh, outcomes down the line that aren't real conducive to us. So are the four pillars that you guys taught us at that um, event, is that the whole picture? Yes, it is. Well, so... um, all of these frameworks then get overlapped because there's not any one system that can completely explain all of reality mm. or life, right? But in terms of can we explain the experience of being human and being a, a being in a human body, that is where the four pillars of the physical body, emotional body, mental body, and spiritual or energetic body do play a role. On top of that, there are then frameworks where you have to account for that there are greater unknowns, like the God and universe, that are outside of those four things. But only in classification, right? Because in reality, we understand that those cannot be separate. Otherwise, we wouldn't have discussions like God is inside each of us or the universe expresses itself through us, Mm -hmm. right? And people do acknowledge that those kinds of concepts are a factor and that we do wonder and, and some of us crave and yearn for those things the discovery of those and the understanding of that. So is it all encompassing? No. Is anything all encompassing? I don't think so. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Because really I I would even argue, you know, there's, there's the known, there's, there's the unknown. And then there's the third very volatile category, which is the unknowable. 
Like there's just some things that you're not going to put into human conscious wording and thoughts because it can't be explained in that way. So anywho, that is to say, um, we leave wiggle room for magic with all of it, but as much as can be, you know, that all falls under the energetic body. So we can say there are aspects that are unknowable to us. There are aspects we won't experience now, but our consciousness is uh, not bound by time and space. So who knows that yeah. that's a what, TBD uh, for all of us. Um, uh, That'll let be you know podcast part two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come, I'll come haunt you. It's okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'll just like slowly move your pens around until you go crazy. I'm kidding. But, um, but yeah, so with the four bodies underneath that class classifications, then yes, anything that can be explained in terms of human behavior and experience can get classified. Mm. So when when I am thinking through my own stuff, I do really consider that. Uh, I want to, there is a podcast episode that Megan and I just recorded recently on the missing link for habits mm -hmm. and within there we talk we go through an example of using all four bodies and how it played out within us so to hear like a real life conversation of how does one habit we actually took the habit of brushing teeth we talked everything from my severe depression at one time to megan's postpartum crash and career change but we it was all down distilled to a very very simple habit brushing your teeth and we talk through it and all the things that represented for our physical body for our mental body emotions and even how it fed into and played into spiritual why am i here what's going on what's my purpose right and so we break it all down that we're we wanted to do in hopes that we would make it very concrete for people how they how this plays out and how everything that you do can be distilled into the four bodies and and represented in some way that's amazing that you did it on brushing your teeth because i'm sure there's another woman listening to this brushing teeth is such a hot topic of conversation between me and my daughter on a daily basis <laughs> I need to go. Really? Wait. Yes. I know. It's so funny. We were trying to create a topic that, because, you know, if we do it for ourselves, for, is for coaches, leaders, and practitioners. So, like, if we chose a topic like, what what you wear, or what you post, or what your hair looks like when when you're doing Instagram lives, it's it, it has the potential to be triggering enough that people can't hear. But then we also acknowledge that brushing teeth is like a thing for people too. So, you know, we try to go for as much, but hand washing's a thing. It's just if you really think about it, it's a good reminder that nothing that you do doesn't represent a deeper aspect of your identity. How you brush your teeth, you know, do, do you or how do you wash your hands? Do you wash them after you blow your nose because you got snot germs on them? Or you're like, no, that's what the tissue's for. Like, you really start thinking about why you do things, how you do things, where it came from, who taught you to do that, what, how you feel about yourself when you don't do it. It can take, a, I once did a, a, a whole 
client call on dishes. <laughs> they were there for help. <laughs> and we were talking about dishes. And the next the next call, she told me that was the best coaching or therapy call she's ever had in her whole life. That's amazing. She was like, that created more change in my behavior and what I do and how I react to the small things in my life than anything else. And that's what we mean is that people want to go to their problems and then massage them and mold them and, and do all this stuff where really when you think in resources, you go around your problems a lot more. You look at what you want instead, instead of trying to push the problem away and get it as far as away from you as possible. Right. Yeah. And so it really is a nice thing to, it drastically changes your life to change the direction of your eyes. And I don't mean physically eyes, but like where you're choosing to look the vision that you hold because of all of this identity talk and all of the aspects of who you are looking at where you're going is such a powerful habit of, of living yeah. that we can utilize. So juicy. Every time I hear you talk, like my brain just explodes and I learn and unlock like a new level. It's funny that you mentioned dishes. Cause one thing I you love it to me at that event was it wasn't necessarily dishes. You were like, but you get to own your personal powers. If you want silverware in a different drawer, just put it in a fucking different drawer. And I was like, yes. <laughs> it is so true. I mean, I really lived a very, um, we call it the checklist quicksand. Mm -hmm. I led a very checklist life. I just, I really, I was honestly quite good at making my life look the way I thought it was supposed to. Like I was, you know, good at school. I went med school. I went to University of Chicago for residency and all my training, you know, like I, I met a nice man, married him. It was I ran marathons, I cooked organic food from scratch, and I was super duper miserable, right? So like some of the better we are at faking it, unfortunately, at some point, the bill comes due. And when you're less good at faking it, the bill comes earlier, and it's a little lower cost. Yeah. When we are good at keeping the house of cards in play, the longer you do that, the higher the bill is at the end of it. Hmm. Just what? like all, it's like a stay in a hotel, right? <laughs> so <laughs> the more that we can approach ourselves and say, okay, it is unreasonable to think that I will be, I will look perfect every single moment of the day. So what does it look like to cut myself some slack? Like what else is important to me? Because I can fill my life if I can't look perfect, but what actually matters to me? What feels good? What do I want to fill it with? And let's get more of that on board. Yes. Let's let's fill it with a checklist that is actually aligned. And we do need to keep in mind that the emotional compass is there for us to check that when our emotional compass says, no, that feels bad to me. 
we can find freedom in honoring that and actually having difficult conversations or maybe removing ourselves from situations. But then we can use it for really good things to be like, oh, more of this feels good. Let me go do that. And then in becoming the identity of the person that allows yourself to do enjoyable things, that is so much closer to being the identity of someone who wears enjoyable clothes that they like, that enjoys the the way that their hair falls, the way that they look, even when they're messy, the lounge clothes that they allow themselves to purchase of like, what's their baseline? Mm-hmm. Now, I default to Target lounge clothes, but what does some sort of luxury like, is there room for that? And does our emotional compass accept that idea? And when we get ourselves there, that's how we build an unshakable foundation, one conscious choice at a time. By acknowledging your emotional compass, you can have the experience of you're washing that loungewear that's expensive. And you're like, wow. I have become the kind of person that only bought this, but I just throw it into my regular laundry because I'm no longer in lack about how this is the one thing I have that's nice. Yes. What a good, you know? Yeah. Right. And so that's the kind of thing that life can't life at you in a way that takes that away. You could, you could lose your luggage and lose that luxury set. You, you, could burn it with your iron, but at the same time, the decision that got you to buy it and maintain it and to become that person stays with you. So there is no threat to you. You just replace it. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. Such a good point. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so with, right here is my new phrase. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Thank you. I, uh, yeah, thank you. I, um, I actually learned it from my coach, Lisa. So, um, Yes. <laughs> I, um, yeah, we, we're passing it along. So, you know, this is an Alexism that is a Lisaism, and I'm sure she heard it from somebody else. So we'll, <laughs> That's just we'll, so we'll do that. Um, but yeah, so with, with all that, you basically, um, when people talk about confidence with clothes and in their body and in it, this is where I really we can see here if confidence is building, it's a state where you trust the foundation that you've built. So can you hear where in that definition, you don't generate confidence by doing affirmations in the mirror because there's no evidence that you're standing on to do that. I mean, there are, there's some, it would take a long time in my opinion, because I love affirmations and I love them in the mirror, but it would, it takes a long time with, without any emotional buy-in to stand there and do it. What your what foundation you're building on in that case is just your willingness to show up for yourself. So yes, that's going to do it. But I mean, all our stuff is transformation accelerator for a reason. No one wants to sit around for five years and build their confidence by looking themselves in the mirror. You get sick of it and you fall off the habit. Yeah. So instead of just waiting and being okay with falling off the habit, we resource up to find enough that we can transform fast enough to do that. Right. And so confidence to me needs to be created through evidence and through actually treating yourself well, through actually fighting for your results and not getting off of them. Yes. Like, you know, what comes up for me, I must say, 
every day is the micro action. Like you would, like what mm-hmm. you just said to me of like, oh, I just could throw this in the dish. I mean, in the laundry. It's those little moments to me that I feel like mm-hmm. the most confident confidence. It's, I mean, I'm with you. Like I love affirmations and I love all the things, but it's the little moment. And when I actually do what it's, I'm going to do for myself. Right. Is that's to me mm-hmm. the only way I've been able to do it. Yeah. We, Megan and I were just talking about that. Um, today on that podcast episode, I mentioned, um, it's so true. The habits that really matter, unfortunately, we it's a new wave of thinking to role model those smaller micro habits because the habit of how you speak kindly to yourself and a habit of narrating your successes when you have them instead of downplaying them and things like that no one can even see you doing that yeah when you gloss over it no one knows about it it's not like a bell goes off or when you're nice to yourself like the rainbow comes out of the sky and like god himself pats you on the head like there's just nothing that confirms it and so we have not been conditioned to appreciate it because you don't get a gold star for having a nice thought about yourself you don't get any kudos for talking to yourself kindly you don't get a's you don't get a report card for how you emotionally process you just haven't probably even seen that no one has role modeled that kind of behavior and the habits to you so the the choice of slowing down, the choice of not forcing yourself to get up and do something when you have the options not to, the choice of not checking your phone when you're with your loved one, all of those things really are, um, they're, they're built moment by moment, but really they're the ones that get you to the macro ones. But yeah. that's that's cool. You know, like there's just frameworks for those. And, and when we don't know, we can learn. I mean, I, I always just, I kind of joke around cause it sounds silly, but I don't have kids for a long time. I followed parenting accounts. Why would I do that? Because I had to actually sit there and listen to these parents describe how they're talking to their children so that I could talk to myself nicely. Mm, makes I sense. Never once knew how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have it shown to me from my parents. So it's like, I really just had to relearn. It wasn't that I, yeah, actually not relearned. I just had to learn period. Yeah. And is it silly maybe to sit around it when I'm not a parent? I guess someone from the outside could say yes, but that's what we mean is that if you need a resource and you're unwilling to go get it because of how it looks, that's the kind of thing that needs to be addressed before habits can get implemented. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's just stepping stones to it. It doesn't make you wrong. It just makes you like everybody else. There you go. Basically, basically, I mean, Meg and I, I, I do think that there's a way most people that teach, right. Say that they were kind of dense mm. and, And I think that's true. And I I would put myself in that category. It takes me a long time to get things. But you know what? That also makes me the kind of teacher that by the time I get to teaching something, when people come with me, I got stuck here. I didn't do this right. I didn't do this. I didn't do I feel bad. I'm like, cool, me too. (laughs) Join the club. 
And now I can help guide you through it. Now that's my path, but I don't want that for other people. That's why I exist, right? I, I took on the path to teach so that other people didn't have to do the crawling through the mud path. Yeah. I and want so, yeah. No, go for it. It's just, it's more just recontextualizing all of these things because when we think in these ways, you're never really wrong. You're just at the point that you are at and you get to say, if I don't like it, well, one, I can deal with those negative emotions of not liking it or feeling bad about myself. And then I can choose again. No, what I love you said about you're never really wrong because I think that's where everyone yeah. goes like, I'm wrong. Now I'm in a mm -hmm. spiral and now I'm back. Yep. Definitely not at step six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, as I say, I want to talk about that a little bit more because I know I've mentioned the event um, the, the whole time through this conversation. So I wanted to make sure that we had time to talk about mm -hmm the new event so the event that i got to go to with you guys uh 2.0 for the person that's listening that's like this like their head mind is probably exploding right now um <laughs> talk about that a little bit more and then share just like all your resources and how they can follow you and all the amazing things that you and megan do together um because awesome. it's so awesome thank you so much katie thank you for having me but yeah, so with the with the event coming up, we do place a high value on in-person events because there's great utility in being in a new environment. Zoom is amazing. It is a resources resource that has changed the world over the last couple of years. And yet there is nothing like moving your physical body into an environment where you shift perspective, connect with like-minded humans and have support behind you for all of these new resources that you're looking to implement. So we are meeting in person August 23rd and 24th. It will be Oh, Katie, you should see this event set. It's so amazing. There, It's in one of those, um, it's like a boutique hotel where there's a room that we will be in, but the first 50 people will also get meal vouchers. There's all of these uh, kiosks and these uh, places to get drinks and food. And so the meals people will have there will be sharing. And then uh two days of transformation. Obviously, we distill things very, very simply here and the foundational stuff, but there's two days worth of resources that will move you from anywhere where you're stuck to leading yourself in the direction of who you want to be and how you want to feel in the process of meeting your dreams and getting your goals yes this is for anybody who if you're a coach leader practitioner if you are committed to helping humans create a a more loving peaceful world then it is for you so if you do anything and that includes motherhood or jobs or businesses whatever you got if your mission is to create a better world around here and you are 
in the role of sharing your ideas and being in thought leadership and role modeling and anything like that, it is absolutely for you because the people that are meant to lead are the most important for us to resource. We need to have an army of leaders who are resourced enough to compassionately lead others to their best life, their most fun life. None of this like toxic positivity or beat yourself up or discipline or whatever, whatever, whatever. We're going to change the world with love. That's our mission. Uh, I so love anybody that. that's within that. Because I was going to mm-hmm. say, my favorite thing is spicy Alex when you straight shoot and cut through the bullshit. Yeah. There's no toxic <laughs> positivity going on here. <laughs> nope, nope. We're a uh, new podcast coming out soon is a positive neutrality is what I'm calling it. Yes. I love that so much. So I went to the one in Virginia Beach. I'll be at the one in Dallas. So everybody has to come and hang out. I mean, it was yes, please. mind-blowing for me. I was in the room of ladies, like you were saying, like, and this one is is co-ed, right? So it's men and women. It's yeah. like anyone. Mm-hmm. It was such an amazing eye-opening experience. And there were so many people from so many different areas um, that coached and did so many different things. And like you said, in the very beginning of the mm-hmm. episode, like, it crosses no matter what you do. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, we're so excited to see you. Thank you. And anybody listening, come on, come on by, hang out with us. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be life changing, transforming. Yes, it will. Where can everybody find you in the meantime? Because I mean, August feels really far away. <laughs> yeah. And the show notes, Katie, I'm sure we'll put the link to sign up. It's only $197 to come. So yep. really, really low, uh, low barrier to entry. We want, we want to make it available for everybody. So 197 bucks and check out the link. Otherwise, come check us out. We're on Instagram. Zesty underscore ginger is uh, our, our handle. And then if you just search Zesty Ginger in wherever you listen to podcasts, we're all over there. So check that out. We have new podcasts uh, all the time. And uh interspersed in with all the other episodes is I have a new masculine feminine series going on that will be a 24 part series and I'm very very excited and passionate about it so check that out awesome thank you Alex so much for taking the time to jam out on the podcast today I appreciate it so much yeah sending you all so much love thank you thank you Thank you.